We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, welcome to The Green Room, a euphony podcast taking you behind the scenes with musicians, actors, comedians and more from around the globe. Powered by Yamaha Headphones, your host Tiana Speter here with you once again. It's awesome to have you here with me as we soldier on in 2021. But hey guys, guess what? We've made it to November. Surely that's worthy of an award in itself. And to all the people who finally have made it out of lockdown over the past few weeks, I hope you've been treating yourself to some well-deserved family and friends time. But if you're already sick of people and need a reprieve, well, strap in because today's episode of The Green Room is a cracker and it's guaranteed to provide some brief distraction from reality or people, even for a moment. So pop in those headphones or crank this episode up in the car and let's do this. Catching us all up briefly on last week's episode of The Green Room, The name Emily Hampshire has become synonymous with quick-witted and lovable characters in a huge variety of roles, with Emily bringing invincible charm to every part she takes on. From the Stephen King-inspired series Chapelweight, to the TV adaptation of 12 Monkeys, and of course it would be utterly criminal not to mention her scene-stealing role as Stevie Bud in the comedic juggernaut that is Schitt's Creek. But it's not just in front of the camera that Emily Hampshire shines, and her latest role has seen her teaming up with American Rockers ex-ambassadors with a coming-of-age scripted podcast to accompany the recent ex-ambassadors album, The Beautiful Liar. Taking on the role of the main character's secret friend, Shadow, The Beautiful Liar podcast is a moving and compelling audio drama that follows Clementine, a teenage girl who has been blind since birth, and through a series of events gained superpowers she didn't know she had. A celebration of all things inclusivity and imagination, the beautiful live premiere this week on Amazon Music. So be sure to jump over there to catch the ad-free episodes and new episodes are also due out every Wednesday Pacific time. And from the small screen and the land of podcasts last week to the silver screen this week, my guest for today's episode of The Green Room has been constantly labelled as a living genius and one of the most prolific and influential film composers of the late 20th and early 21st centuries. With his work running the gamut of Disney classics like The Lion King, historic epics like Gladiator, and creating the sonic backdrop for Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, to name but a small few, Hans Zimmer is undeniably a true craftsman of the highest order, leaving over 150 films, two Golden Globes, four Grammys, and an Academy Award lying in his wake. Embracing and creating music since he was a child, Hans Zimmer has steadily evolved to find a refuge in creating immersive and avant-garde musical landscapes for any and every conceivable universe thrown at him. But while his prolific output is more than enough to cement his status as one of the ultimate Hollywood greats of all time, it's ultimately his ongoing humility alongside a hunger for fusing traditional orchestral arrangements 
with modern flavors and technology that truly sets Hans Zimmer apart from many of his extremely gifted contemporaries. And on the cusp of the Australian cinematic release of the long-awaited 25th James Bond outing No Time to Die due out next week, Hans Zimmer stopped by the green room from his London apartment to chat the fateful road to him being part of the latest Bond outing, how Billie Eilish scored the Bond theme song, and what keeps inspiring him after all this time. Well, I am joined now by the utterly legendary Hans Zimmer. Hans, thank you so much for joining me today on the Green Room Podcast. No, come on. I mean, any chance to at least pretend to be in Australia for a moment is is, is perfect. (laughs) We'll have you as an honorary Australian visit right now. And I know obviously there are reasons why you're not in Australia, but not just because of the pandemic. There is also some extremely exciting things happening in your side of the world where you are right now. Here we are with the release of No Time to Die, a movie that has been in the works for many years, I know, and faced many hurdles to get here. The 25th James Bond film, yet another musical triumph to add to your eye-watering resume. I know you came into this project at the start of last year and you were just recently walking the red carpet at the world premiere, but you've been balancing this alongside a lot of other films. What was it like to step into the James Bond universe sonically and lend your touch to this iconic franchise? Um, Well, okay, so here's the thing. Um, of course, everything you say is true. It's iconic. It's 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 legendary. It's it's amazing. It's daunting. It's terrifying. It's all of those things. But I've been friends with Barbara Broccoli, the producer, for many many years. I never thought he would actually ask. You know, would I tackle this? And it never seemed. You you know. The friendship is vastly important. And the one thing you don't want to do is lose the friendship over writing a bad score and ruining it, ruining the movie for everybody. So, uh, so but but <clears throat> one night I got a phone call from Barbara going, what are you doing? Basically, get on a plane. And I, I actually, I dragged my friend Steve Massaro, a brilliant musician that he is, over to London and... Um, you know, just 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 try to you know write good enough to maintain the friendship. But actually, what 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 happens with these projects is is I mean these particular projects, and I have some experience of this, a little bit of experience of, of this, um, having done you know the the, th- the three Batman movies, that you realize it's not just three movies. It's like in in my case, it was twelve years of my life. In Daniel's case, it's I think it's 16 years of his life. So um, it, and I think in Barbara's case, Barbara and Michael's case, it's been it's been their whole life. Um, so you've got to show some respect. And so of of course, I mean, I very much invited my uh, invited Daniel in to 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 be part of the process. Um, not just because I wanted to be respectful of what he, of the work and the, the you know the seconds of his life that had taken away, but if there's a, is there anybody who knows this character better than the man who is actually playing the character? So that was an imp- that was an important part of of the whole process for me. Yeah. The other important part was you know that there is always that fabulous um, guitar tune that you know I don't know when. I don't even know when Dr. No came out, but, um, you know, the Vic Flick played for John Barry. Um, 
so I, I did the only sensible thing. I found um, Johnny Marr, who I think is the coolest and greatest guitarist in the world. And I said to him, Johnny, what's what, what's the one tune you would like to play in a movie? And he goes, well, Bond. And I'm going, well, okay, come on down, come on over. So th- th- that that was important. And it was sort of fun doing, having Johnny stand in front of an orchestra and do it. And the, and, and, and the other thing which was sort of important was so many people in the orchestra had played on so many of the Bond films, which on the one hand is quite daunting because again, you, you get that thing, you know, where you don't, you don't want anybody to look at you and go, what's he know about this, right? What's the German know about Bond, you know? Um, but, but, but luckily, I mean, I know all those players really well. Um, and, um, yeah, no, no, it was quite, it was quite an adventure, you know. Then, then, uh, you know, a friend of mine pointed me in the direction of a very quiet and very humble and very unbond-like song by an artist called Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. And um, you know, because what happens on a Bond movie, everybody wants to get their song in. Everybody wants to be the person that has the Bond song. So there's a pile of songs, you know, for me to just have a listen to and 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 I just I just loved what Billy and Phineas were doing and at first you know people were sort of going but but hang on a second it's got nothing to do with this film I'm going of course it has nothing to do with this film they haven't seen this film get them on a plane get them over here so um to me it feels like I said the words and they were here do you mean it's like you know it it it, it's like it's it's they must have gotten a ticket that day. They must have not even packed a toothbrush. They they, they were in the studio with, with us, and um, and then just being brilliant. And so it became this sort of really this like like because Barbara and his, her her brother Michael being the producers and and sort of being the guardian of Bond, you know, and it felt very much like a family working together and being invited into this family environment. And Steve Mazzaro, who I was working with, um, and and Johnny Ma, of course. I mean, you know, we go back, as you say, over there. Um, and very um, nice. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, we, <laughs> so, um, so, so, so it 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 became this deliciously terrifying yet incredibly creative um, collaboration. You know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 we 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 managed to finish it just in time before the whole world went crazy, and then we sat around and waited and waited and waited, and I just want to say one thing, one thing which I think is really impressive. I mean, it's a huge crew, right? And nobody blabbed, nobody told you what was going to happen, and for a year and a half. We all bit our tongues and, um, yeah, you know, honoured the storytelling. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible thing. And, I mean, what a family to amass. And, obviously, you have your own connection to it. So it feels like you're probably destined to end up doing this with your friendship and how it all stems back. Stick around after this short break to catch Hans Zimmer unveiling what exactly sealed the deal for selecting Billie Eilish for the No Time to Die Bond theme song, why he would make a good Bond villain, and much more. Love music? 
Press Play, a new release podcast from Euphony. Each week, Press Play rounds up the best in new music landing in stores and streaming services. Catch all the latest album, EP, and single news, as well as a roundup of reissues, anniversary, and vinyl releases. Host Tiana Speeder is joined by a panel of knowledgeable music experts alongside artists discussing their new releases. Visit euphony.com.au or listen to Press Play on your favourite podcast platform. Yourself being, I believe you're the third non-British composer to score a Bond film at this point. I didn't even know that. I mean... Um, is that is that true? Like, let's bust well, a fact. It, it, probably, <laughs> it probably is true, but you know, I'm so, I, I, I'm so, I am so internationally compromised. Anyway, um, my mum had an English passport. I went to school in England. Um, I still have a German accent, which I, I suppose would make me a good Bond villain at at at, at certain moments. Um, like this, you know, <laughs> and 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 we're doing this interview right now from my flat in London, you know, and uh, which, by the way, no kidding, is twelve steps out of my back door to where Bond was being cut. So you know, it's like it's 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 all here. <laughs> You know, it's, I, it's, all I have to do is get off the jammies in the morning and go to work. Living the literally living the dream, like again, I, as if I needed more of a justification that you were meant to be here at this moment with this Bond franchise and creating such an incredible moment. I think, I mean, the story going back to when you spoke about Billie Eilish. I mean, if I got a call from Hans Zimmer, I'd be on the plane. I wouldn't think about toothbrush. Let's not lie. Like it's, I'd pick one up wherever I go. But what was it about? that particular song or what you heard from what was coming through? Like, what was it that made you kind of really pay attention to what they were doing? It, it, well, it, it had soul, it had heart. It didn't try to impress me through, through bombastic things. It felt incredibly personal. It was modern yet timeless. um, And, and just, I don't know, you know, I'd never met them. So, but but as soon as they walked into the room, it was like you know, long lost brothers and sisters. You know, it's like it, it was so great. It, it was it was just so great. You know, and and really collaborative again. You know, like um, so so that, for instance, they they were big Johnny Marr fans. So that was really you know like so just drag you know so dragging that color in and and you know this this the song ending with one of you know with a johnny mark chord as well it's like just the way it had to be you know like that just that that little dot across the eye that or that little uh line across the t um and 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 we've stayed friends i mean that's the thing you know the the, the film finished we had a year and a half off something or the other um, but but we talk, we chat, we do things. We you know we you know we 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 what the movie allowed us to do is to form new friendships and to form new relationships that that maybe will end up with something else or maybe just end up with being good dinners. Um, and uh, I, either of them is fine, but. If I just may, um, the, seeing it at the Albert Hall with all these people um, was extraordinary because what it did was it broke down the wall of 
we are all isolated. It broke down the, we are all alone in this together sort of thing. It broke down the, you know, it, 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 it connected all of us again in, in a sort of a, not so much us filmmakers, but the audience. It was a triumph for the audience to be together, to experience something, to, you know, like, I mean, something I, I sort of learned from Chris Nolan when we were doing Inception, I always thought the movie was about shared dreaming. And you go and look at the Albert Hall, and there's 5,000 people sitting there, and they're all dreaming. They're all for a moment bond. They're all for a moment in that world. And that, you know, and that was, that was really fantastic. It's an incredible thing. I mean, who could have thought when you were coming into this project that that's how that would culminate? And it probably makes that moment even more beautiful because that's what art does. It does bring us all together. But the fact is, it's got even more meaning at this point. So that just gives me goosebumps a little bit. I'm, just I'm, really, I'm, I'm really glad you said that because I've been talking to a lot of people uh, about this and about the, the state of the world. And I, I keep thinking, I mean... You know, especially when we were working on Dune, you know, with I mean, look, your your national treasure, Lisa Gerard, you know, I mean, um, talking to Lisa and talking to to the other singers that that I had on that movie, and 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 talking about how art might be the only language left that can fix this world at the end of the days. Well, art and science, obviously, but when every time I speak to scientists, they keep they keep going. Well, what we do is we just put on your soundtracks and listen to it while we work things out. So there is a connection. There's a connection, but it's it's you know look, we the world has changed. The world has changed radically, but it's it's I I feel it's in this place right now where we are actually allowed to go and reinvent it and hopefully make it a little bit better than than we should never go back to how it was because how it was wasn't all that great. You know, this this is an opportunity to go and 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 maybe pay a little bit more attention to art, pay a little bit more attention to science, pay a little bit more attention to. Oh, am I sounding completely pretentious here? Probably. No, I think it's. I think you're right. I think that's what it is. There's a reset and there's silver linings to be had, and I think you're absolutely bang on. And if we can't take something positive out of it, it's been a complete waste of time. So I think absolutely. we need to find the positive. No. Yeah, no, exactly, and, and and actually, what you're saying makes me makes me instantly think that all those people who've suffered, all those people that died, all those—I mean, I have friends in the orchestra, where I, on a daily basis, get these photos and reports of them, you know, on on on, on ventilators, on breathing machines, and 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 them fight, fighting this righteous fight for their life and 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 their loved ones. So yeah, if we don't if, if we don't get something positive out of it, then then all that will have been a waste. You know, so 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 yeah, we are all in this together and we better go and roll up our sleeves and rock out. <laughs> Well, Rock Out You Have, No Time to Die is an absolute triumph and it's so exciting to see it in the silver screens. We can't wait to see it in Australia and I'm beyond stoked to have been able to have some time with you today. Thank you so much, Hans, oh, for your time. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. A wonderful and, chat. I can't thank on. you enough. I just have to do this, um, just in case she's listening. Lisa Gerard, I still love you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Perfect. We'll put it out there. We'll send it to her. Thank you so much, Hans. Brilliant. Bye. Thank you, guys.
It was an absolute honour to spend an ounce of time with the truly sensational Hans Zimmer for today's episode of The Green Room. As if he wasn't already an absolute hero for his insane amount of work and successes, as you also would have heard today, he's also a remarkably lovely person to boot. We could all do with a lot more Hans Zimmer in our lives, and fortunately as of next week here in Australia, you can immerse yourselves in yet another phenomenal Hans Zimmer soundtrack with No Time to Die, aka the 25th James Bond outing, and The Last for Daniel Craig. That's in cinemas next week, Thursday 11th November, out via Universal Pictures Australia. Check your local cinema for times and get along for some 007 action. And a quick fun fact about this chat today to take you quickly behind the scenes of this behind the scenes was that myself and my incredible engineer Zig clocked on at 1am to get this chat with Hans Zimmer and I'd just had a storm literally explode the NBN box a mere minutes beforehand and the sleep deprivation was real. But the second Hans popped up on screen and began showing us around his London apartment, well, who wouldn't get up at that hour to chat to a man who has single-handedly shaped modern cinema and is also just dead set one of the nicest humans on this planet? If you had a blast today and you fancy catching up on any previous episodes of The Green Room you might have missed, we now have a snazzy new website with all previous episodes living over at euphony.com.au more info is in today's episode show notes to help you out there. So definitely go along and have a little look through there. And you can also grab a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There's content and videos on YouTube as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're on it. So be sure to like, subscribe, follow, convince your neighbours and your workmates to grab a listen while you're at it. Every little bit of love helps more than you know. That's it from me. Thanks so much for hanging with me today on The Green Room and I will catch you next time. Tiana Speeder is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker. <laughs>